This is Ready Radio, preparing you to be ready for anything. Now, here's your survival guide for Ready Radio, John Rush. All right, welcome. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for joining us today. Live program today on January the 19th. So if you're listening to a replay of this program, either through the weekend or even one of the following weeks, you'll know exactly what day it is and can reference things that way. Special guest joining us today, David Croissant joining us, Start 9 Labs. David, welcome. How are you, sir? I'm doing very well, thanks. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. No, always a joy. Appreciate it very much. And, uh, you know, we got together because of conversation I've been having, you know, off and on with another guest we've had, Sean Patrick Tario, and he came out, did a seminar, different things. We helped promote that. He and I have kept in contact since, and then last week he was on with us here, and your name came up, so then you and I had a conversation earlier in the week, and I thought, hey, a lot of what you and I were talking about, especially towards the end of our conversation, we should really just be talking about on air, so here we are. Yeah, definitely. I love Sean. I've been keeping in touch with him and his crew, and we've been kind of sharing strategies and whatnot, and uh, excited to be uh, linked in with those guys as well. Well, appreciate you joining us. Before we move on, for all of those folks that are listening, let's talk about for a moment. Now, Sean sort of introduced you guys last week briefly, but, you know, it's been a week since we chatted with with Sean. You know, who is Start9 Labs? Give us a little bit of history, you know, how you guys got here and what you're doing. Yeah, definitely. So, Start9 Labs is a Denver-based company. We're here uh, based uh, downtown. I've uh, been around about four years now. Uh, the way that the company came about, essentially, is that uh, uh, founders were sitting around and they were trying to figure out how to run um, a, a server okay. uh, in a certain kind of way. And uh, by, by server, all we mean is a, uh, this is just a computer uh, that basically is taking orders from uh, another computer, which might be your phone or your laptop or something like that. So you think of this as anytime you go to a website, that's a web server, or anytime you store some files uh, somewhere, that would be a file server. So a server is just a place that you're remote controlling from some other computer. Typically, uh, and I know it's not always the case, but typically servers are standalone boxes that, to your point, they are really handling, <coughs> excuse me, they're handling requests coming to them from all over. And I know there's exceptions to this, but typically they don't do anything else. It's not a desktop unit somebody is dinking around with and doing email and games and all that kind of stuff, correct? That's correct, yeah. So typically we uh, imagine a large server farm uh, known as a data center right? Uh, loaded with tons of these things, and that's all they do is they just take requests all day, especially for large um, uh, you know, large pieces of software, corporate software, big tech companies, things like that. Most people, you know, let's face it, David, whether they realize it or not, they're using these things, I say things because plural, they're using them daily when they go surf the internet, when they go to grab their email, when they go look at Netflix. I mean, David, I can go down the list, and the server world, as you know, is huge. I don't know that it's as big or, make sure I say this correctly, it's as big as personal computing, just not as well known, because when you look at a server farm, you know, it will equate to you know, hundreds, if not thousands of users regularly having laptops. It's probably not as many computers overall, but all of those other computers we're talking about are using them, right? Correct, yeah. And we're using these for everything. I mean, every time you go pump gas, uh, right. card, that's talking to a payment server. Correct. So this is, when you think about the internet... When you make a phone call, correct? 
Uh, yeah, in a, in, in a sense, yeah, they're, because they're... Most of that's they, voice over IP. It's going through a server someplace. Even a lot of the, you know, Verizon, T-Mobile, and so on, they're using servers to even direct that traffic, correct? Correct, yeah, because they need to know, you know, who has an account, who's paid, who's, you know, getting cut off today, or right. what have you. Right, right. All through servers as well. Yeah, it, it, we, we sort of... It's sort of that sight unseen, because most people don't really think about that happening, but sight unseen, we're all using them. Correct, yeah. Okay. Now, where do you guys come into play, and why, I mean, I'm just going to be direct, why you? Why, you know, why do we need to think of this differently than we have been in the past? Yeah, so folks that have been on the internet for a while, a couple decades now, will maybe imagine a time not so long ago when uh, there wasn't really... Uh, this notion of you just type in what you're looking for into a search engine and then you find it uh, and you visit whatever website it right. is that that presents to you. It used to be that we were all serving our own websites and you kind of had to word of mouth hand those around and then you would know where to go through friends and things of that nature. Very true. We were all running our own servers and sharing files amongst each other and so on and so forth. Uh, and then through the convenience of centralizing all these servers to big companies like big tech companies, um, that's kind of disappeared. Uh, and the, the problem with that is that, um, you know, it is convenient, but it comes with a lot of trade-offs, right? So a lot yep. of these companies realized, well, they can uh, shove down a bunch of uh, advertisements. They can uh, track what we're doing in order to build profiles and sell uh, that data off to other companies. Uh, they can uh, inject, in a lot of cases, they're injecting spyware via government, uh, things of that nature. So there's a lot of, um, a lot of trade-off that comes with that convenience factor. Well, and you said a lot of it, and on top of that, they can literally, in some cases, and do dictate to you what you're going to see, not see, hear, not hear. I I mean, you name it. You know, it really gets down to the point where even certain web hosting services, David, as you know, if they don't like what you're particularly putting out on your site, and by the way, guys, I'm not talking about pornographic material, that actually, David, would probably be easier than putting out some of the other information that you and I believe in. <laughs> Am I often saying that? No, that's absolutely correct. It's, it's, it's yeah. become, you know, it's gotten to a point where, and this is where you guys come into play, if you're not in control, I think I'm using the right word here, if you're not in control of those things we're talking about, your own email, your own business server, or your own business website, I should say, and, and all of the different facets of that, in some cases, and some people think, well, you know, what do I have to hide? Why does it matter? Well, and you and I will get into some of that, David, but I think it matters more than most people realize. They just don't understand how all of this works and how intrusive some of these other companies can be. Yeah, 100%. And so we call this idea sovereign computing or sovereign data ownership. Okay. This idea that, so say you own, let's, let, my favorite example, actually, because it's, it's a really common one that we all do all the time, is let's say that you're uh, out at an event with your family and you're taking some pictures on your phone. Okay. And so you've created these pictures. They belong to no one but you, if anybody, right. right? You're the right. creator of these images. Uh, and often the first thing that happens if you're using a phone and you're using a service like iCloud or Google Drive or uh, Microsoft equivalent, what happens is that image goes directly to the cloud, which just means somebody else's computer, uh, and you've already signed some 600-page terms of service uh, and conditions that basically says that that now belongs to them. And so the first thing we do with our digital property is give it to someone else. Right. Uh, and allow them to administer that property uh, and you know, with all the trade-offs that we mentioned earlier. And so what we want to do 
is make it just as easy as that process for that data to go to your own server, okay. if it's in your home or your small business uh, or wherever that you want it, or a family member's or a friend's, you know, at least to have the option to own that data uh, since it was yours to begin with. And this comes down to, and, and again, I've been a little bit more familiar with this than probably most because, as I told you my story, and I think most people listening may or they may, may or may not know this, all the websites that I host, even this ready-radio.com, which, by the way, down the road might very well become one of those sites, David, somebody else may not want you having because as we continue to add more information, do more of these types of interviews and so on and get more information out, the powers that be may come along and say, yeah, no, we, we, we're going we're gonna to shut that down. Well, it's very hard for them to shut that down in my case because I own all of that. It's on my own server. I've done that now for... Gosh, David, I got to go back. You said a couple of decades. I mean, literally, I've been hosting my own server for that much or for that long and longer. I mean, really, since the late 90s, I've been doing this on my own for much the reason you're talking about. On top of that, and it's not because I've got anything to hide, but I've always felt like emails and different things that are going back and forth, me, my employees, my customers even, and so on, I want to control those, and I don't want you know, some quasi-government agency coming along saying, hey, you know, we're going to now subpoena and access blah, 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 blah. Well, in my case, they can subpoena all day long, but until I hear from an attorney of my own that says, yeah, turn those over, David, they're mine, and I'm not handing anything over. Absolutely. And so... And, and even then, it may not happen, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and so, so you never kind of uh, bought into this notion of putting everything... Uh, into the cloud, you never, you know, took those steps for that for that convenience, and you're going to be, uh, you're going to benefit um, all the more for that. Well, something really quick, David. Some of it was because I'm also kind of cheap, and as a business owner myself, I realized that paying everybody else to do these things that really I could do myself at a literal, and we'll get into this with you, literal fraction of the price of what I would have been paying these past let's say, 25 years, me doing it myself. I mean, I can't, I, I guess I could do the math on that and see what my actual savings are, but David, I'm guessing there are thousands upon thousands of dollars, me doing it myself versus paying another service to do it for me. Yeah, and, you know, along with the, you know, that's another one of those trade-offs is these subscription fees. Um, you know, up until now, a lot of the times they've just been given this stuff away, you know, like Gmail, for example, uh, anytime a product, a digital product specifically, is free, it means that that's not the product. You are the that's product. That's right. That's right. And you are paying Precisely. with the data. You would not believe how uh, incredibly valuable that data is. Well, and may I, real quick, just math, and, and I know that there's you know cheaper ones of these, but you know most, and you know, and, and, you know I'm trying to do this for people that are listening to let them know you can help them even on the money-saving side of the fence, not only the security aspect of it, but... Typically, I haven't looked for a while because I don't need to. What's the average website hosting service charge per domain, you know, per site? Um, you know, that's a good question. I haven't actually looked in, in a little while. Um, 20 bucks a month? You know, it, it's going to depend on what you're doing. If you have a lot of data that you're storing there, if you uh, have a lot of bandwidth that you're consuming because you're streaming video or you have a lot of users. So, uh, I really couldn't say for for something extremely cheap, you could probably start with a few bucks a month and and go on up. Twenty bucks a month might be an average for. Well, I'm, you know, I'm guessing the the average you know business website three four five pages. They're doing different things, contact forms, maps, different things along those lines. I got to believe you're anywhere from fifteen to twenty bucks a month. So, you know, if you just do the math on that on that one side alone, not counting the email sides of it as well, you know, that's two hundred and forty bucks a year a year 
just to host your domain. And then you start adding on some of the other things you and I are going to get into. You know, before long, uh, David, you know, you're spending, most most businesses are probably spending a grand or better a year to manage these types of things, have Office 365 and so on. At the end of the year, you got a grand or more in this, I'm guessing. Yeah, and it, it goes up really quickly depending on what you're doing. So, for example, uh, if you're paying for a, a chat server, an instant message program for your small business because you have 10, 20, 30 uh, folks and, and you're all chatting internally, uh, that the price on those alone can, can yep. really... Yeah, good point. Good point. And, and this is where I want to give you guys a plug. This is where Start9 Labs, for those of you that are listening that are business owners, yeah, I'm going to get a plug here in for David. I like what he's doing. I believe in it because I've done the same thing for quite some time. And I'll tell you, business owners, those of you that are out there, you can not only save a load of money in going this route, but then the security side, which we've gotten into and we'll do more, David, that big, you know, that side of it is a big factor as well that folks need to be thinking about. And frankly, I, I, David, I'll just be honest. Most don't because anymore, I, I want to be nice when I say this, but a lot of people are now computer illiterate. In other words, they know how to turn the phone on. They know how to turn the computer on. Beyond that, don't ask them to do anything, and they have no idea what's even going on behind the scenes when those things happen. And I'm not being critical, but I actually thought, and I was, I was off on this. This is where I was wrong. I predicted years ago that most people would be pretty handy at these things and become kind of experts at it, given how long it's been around. Actually, David, it's become the opposite. I think people today in that world are dumber than they were 25 years ago. Yeah, I mean, again, the convenience of using a yep. what we call like a remote control, like a phone or a laptop, yep. has got so much easier uh, as long as you are willing to give up all the freedoms. There you go. In order to work with these cloud companies, yep. that's kind of where we're at. Yeah, in a sense, they've given up secure. Well, sort of like COVID. They gave something up for security, thinking they were going to be safer at the end of the day. So in this case, they gave up security for convenience and became dumber in the process. Yeah, I think Ben Franklin said something about that, right? Yeah, and, I'm, and again, I'm not trying to be rude to anybody. And those of you listening are thinking, well, geez, I wish I was a lot smarter in this. Well, you know what? You can be. That's where Start9 Labs comes into play, and these guys can help you with that. And if you're a business owner or even somebody with a large family where maybe you've got multiple different people that have – you know, maybe there's, you know, 15 different Gmail accounts floating around, uh, David. And, you know, these are the sorts of things where even you for a large family, uh, you know, where maybe there's some crossover there, you could build something for the family even, correct? Well, so let me clarify uh, what we do and where we're at. Uh, All right, let's do that. Perfect. Good yeah. timing. So, so what we do is we build personal servers. So we make, uh, or we started off with the individual in mind, and we okay. thought that, if the individual can own their data, then we can kind of build from there. Uh, and so what we do is we try to make running a personal server as easy as running a personal computer. Makes so sense. Same kind of okay. point-and-click experience. You download the software that you want with one click, the same way that you would be used to uh, on a computer, so on and so forth. Uh, and we've got that down pretty well for the individual now. Okay. And we are currently moving into making that um, more accessible for small business features, things that they would want. So, for okay. example, right now, email is not something we do currently, Okay, uh, just to clarify that. But given the fact that you're running, I'm assuming, Linux-type boxes and so on, that's an easy transition in the not-too-distant future, right? Correct, yeah. So we actually produce a Linux distribution, so it's kind of just a 
uh, type of operating system, right. uh, specifically made to make it easy to run a personal server. And we believe, you know, it's not just us doing this. Uh, we believe this is about to be an entire industry just based on what these cloud companies, these big tech companies are doing. The demand is there uh, that um, there are lots of projects in the space, lots of companies that are going to make these things more accessible. And we we see that the balance of power will shift back to the people. Okay. So that's the direction that you're headed. Okay. So let me make sure, and we'll take a break here in a moment, come back and keep chatting. But currently, if somebody were, you know, you've got a, a, a personal user, there's a family, maybe there's a few kids, they've got some some different things they've got going on and so on. They're currently your target audience. Am I thinking correctly? That's correct. So, for example, uh, one of the things or, or some of the most common use cases would be your data storage. So your photos, your, uh, your videos, your documents, okay. uh, password management. So instead of signing up and paying uh, a third-party website like LastPass or, or someone like that, you can run your own password management, fill in all your passwords, have secure um, access to all your stuff without trusting a third party, because there's been, again, a lot of hacks right. uh, in that realm as well. Right. Um, you could do a media server. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are still going to want to get the latest and greatest from Netflix, but you can also run your own, store your own media, and run your own media server. So there's there's all kinds of things that you can do as an individual, and then we're building that up to the small business. Okay, perfect segue. Well, we'll hang tight, guys. We'll come right back. David Croissant with us, Start9 Labs, which, by the way, I should have mentioned, you would think that I would have done this earlier, but it's start 9 Dot com. So don't put the labs in there. Just start the number nine, by the way. Don't spell it out. Start9.com. Go there. Check it out. If you have any questions, we'll give you phone numbers here in a little bit. To, you can talk to them as well. We'll come right back, though. Don't forget, by the way, Alan Stack, Stack Optical, great sponsor of ours. When it comes to things that go awry, and let's just say it's sort of that end-of-the-world EMP event, do you have what you need when it comes to eyewear? In fact, do you have what you need when it comes to eyewear on a daily basis? And some of you do different things, different projects. Some of you are you know, auto technicians, carpenters, trades, etc. Do you have glasses that work for you the best they can? Are you always fumbling around trying to make sure that you can get the best vision with what you own now? Alan can build you whatever you need to make that work accordingly. For example, if you're a technician, you're always looking up instead of down. Well, he can put the bifocal trifocal at the top versus the bottom. All sorts of things he can do to accommodate what you need in your vision. That's Stack Optical, 303-321-1578. Are you looking for a healthcare provider who truly cares about you and your well-being? Look no further than Castle Rock Cryo, IV and Integrative Healthcare, where Dr. Scott Faulkner is ready to provide you with top-notch care. Colorado raised since 1968, Dr. Scott is a board-certified internal medicine specialist, bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. At Castle Rock Cryo, IV, and Integrative Healthcare, you'll experience a competent, friendly, and efficient staff that puts your comfort and care first. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he only uses umbilical-derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven to be the most potent stem cells available. Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. Did you know that chip can be fixed? 
But who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972, and it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology, backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company. While other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all, you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Are you tired of being cooped up inside during the long, cold Colorado winter? Bring a touch of warmth and greenery to your backyard with a custom greenhouse from Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Our team of experts specializes in designing and building greenhouses that will enhance any outdoor space. Our greenhouses are made with the highest quality materials and are built to withstand the harsh Colorado winters. Plus, with a variety of styles and sizes to choose from, we can create the perfect greenhouse to fit your needs and budget. Imagine growing your own fresh herbs and vegetables, even during the winter, or creating a beautiful garden oasis in the comfort of your own home. Don't let the cold weather stop you from enjoying the benefits of gardening. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders today and start planning your dream greenhouse. Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Call 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. With hail season behind us now and snow season fast approaching, we here at Roof Savers Colorado want to help ensure that your roof can brave whatever elements this season ushers in. With over 20 plus years of roofing experience, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners evaluate the best option for their situation. If you're looking to get more life out of your current roof, we offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. However, in the event a replacement is necessary, we will also work with any insurance company to get a damaged roof the replacement it needs. Do not let your home fall victim to the ever-changing Colorado climate. Be proactive and set up your free inspection to receive an honest evaluation of the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep your roof ready for wherever Colorado throws its way. All right, we're back. Ready Radio. You heard the website a moment ago, ready-radio.com. We'll put the show notes up from today's show as well, where you'll be able to re-listen to this whole hour. And then also uh, we'll put the links up to start with a T, so start9.com. Now, I've had a couple of questions, David, that have come in, several actually, which we appreciate that very much. Some of them are just going to reach out and contact you directly, which thank you all, by the way. I appreciate that. I know David does as well. Question just came in. Uh, David, on the text line, my website crashed due to high volume on a personal server, 52,000 views in a day. What size server do I need to handle that that volume, and can you help them with that? Yeah, so this is one of the um, kind of considerations when we start to scale up from the personal user to the small business is that at, at there is a, a point at which the centralization, the efficiency of centralization is going to lend the benefits. Okay. So now that might mean that for the time being, that you're using a third party, and I would suggest, you know, just vet who that is and use uh, a smaller one if possible and not some, you know, Amazon or Google or one of these. Uh, But the way that we kind of foresee handling this going forward 
is this notion of distributed compute. So that means that you can have computers that are smaller and all over the place, you know, uh, whether that's across your community, across your state, across your, your country, uh, or across the world, that are sharing compute power, meaning that they can, so when a visitor attempts to visit your website, they might be visiting any number of servers uh, that are sharing the load um, right. of your website, right. uh, but still completely under your control. So basically, you're cross-loading that, I guess, is what you could say, right? Yeah, I think we would call that load balancing. Load balancing. There you go. Okay, so the other thing I also know, and I'm sure this person does, but for those of you listening, this is also an issue that you need to make sure that you're handling if you're going to do this at home or even in your business. You're going to put a small server in on the business side because you've got a smaller business and can do that until, uh, you know, until, David, you guys get to the point where you're handling the business side. You also have to make sure that your your pipe, your connection, your broadband connection coming in and out, a lot of them have really, really fast, fast download speeds, but their upload speeds, David, might be at a crawl. So isn't it something that they need to double-check when it comes to their their pipe, their you know their 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 connection to make sure that it's good both directions. I'm not saying you got to have a full you know 300 you know up and down, but you can't have 300 up and or 300 down and 10 up, right? Um, well, so for a for personal use, for if you have a you know a, a family of four, family of six, something like that, uh, and you have a modern internet connection, meaning that you're able to use. Uh, modern conveniences like uh, like video streaming services, that's going to be more than enough. Because okay. uh, when you think about, uh, on the scale of things, video streaming is one of the highest uh, consum- uh, you know, consumption. Now, obviously, right. that's in the down direction. But you are, um, uh, unless you are doing a lot of that in particular, video streaming, uh, in the upward direction, meaning you're having your server Correct. provide video to your devices outside of your home, then you don't need to worry too much about that. Right. Um, but in general, if you've got uh, 50 in both directions, that's going to be more than enough for okay. you. This particular person with the 52,000, again, depending upon the content and what they're looking at, that might be a little bit of a, an exception to that. But again, that's where you guys come into play and look at that particular information, have an interview and find out, right? Yeah, we would need to look into that specifically. And again, we're still in testing as far as the larger applications. Okay. Now, if somebody's which there are several that have already texted me asking how do they do this, who do they get a hold of, and so on. Let's let's cover that for a moment. If somebody's interested in doing something, what's the process they need to go through to get a hold of you guys to make this get you know to get this get this process started? What do they do? Yeah, so if you want to get a hold of us, we have a contact page on the website startnine.com forward slash contact. Uh, that's got email, chat. We're extremely responsive. We do take support extremely seriously. Uh, so if you're just listening right now, and this is a lot, which it definitely is, it's kind of a, a whole new world, uh, new world for most folks. Right. Uh, feel free to reach out. Uh, we're happy to answer any questions. You know, there's no pressure to buy or anything of that, uh, like that. Um, and then from there, you could kind of decide, okay, I would like to buy a piece of hardware, or I would like to set this up myself because we actually provide this software for free. Okay. So open source software. Uh, and we could go from there. But okay. we're more than happy to answer your questions. So basically, you could help anybody on any level, where they, where, you know, whether they need a little little bit of direction or a lot of direction, you can handle either end of that spectrum, right? Absolutely. And, you know, we have folks, you know, all over the, the spectrum. You know, we, we have, we have a, uh, you know, a market that's, um, you know, probably closer to my age, which is in the 30s, um, as our main base. But we have people you know, of all ages, of all kind of backgrounds sure. that run these already. So uh, anybody can can do it. 
Okay. Makes total sense. So, again, those of you listening, if this is something where you've wanted to take more control over what you're doing, and I will even tell you, uh, David, that there's probably even not only businesses, but even those of you that are maybe in that world where you may be doing a little bit of podcasting on the side or different things like that, uh, you know, your your data and things along those lines are, are also very, very important. Those of you that are even running some different websites that may be along those lines, and some of you I know out there are listening, do some of those things. I, David, I would make sure that I have total control over those things and not put that in the hands of someone else. Yeah, and the way this is the way this works for most folks when they come on board, it's kind of a journey, right? So the first thing that you might do, uh, a lot of folks they come in and they just start clicking all over the place and they get all these different things that they can do because there's a lot of features, right? And they get a little overwhelmed. And what we recommend is, you know, do one thing at a time. So 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 say you've got your family photos you really care about, back those up to your personal server, understand how that works, do that all the way beginning to end, uh, you know, ask us questions, get some help if you need it finish that task, and then look at the other options, you know, set up a password manager or uh, or what have you. Okay. Uh, I know this might be over the head of some people, but you'll know what I mean by this, and some also listening will as well. And I can explain, you know, or you can as well, the difference, but do they need from their internet service provider, whoever that might be, do they need a static IP address to make this happen for that server, or how does that part work? And if you want to explain what I mean by that, feel free. Yeah, so when we connect to the internet through our service provider, so that might be Comcast or CenturyLink or, uh, um, you, know, like, you know, whoever. Right. Uh, we Starlink, get whoever. Ad- yeah, you know, Verizon, whatever. Uh, we get an address similar to a house address known as an IP address, and that's a, a, a set of um, numbers that identifies you such that if you needed to access your home to visit your personal server, you would know how to do that. You can get back home, basically. You know the address, I can get back home, right? Exactly, exactly. Otherwise, if it's not, you have no idea where home is. It's because it's moving. It's moving all over the place, right? Correct. And so typically, a a service provider, a large service provider, is going to use what's known as a dynamic IP address, meaning that your address at home may change from time to time, and they just kind of keep track of that for you, whereas a static IP address is the same. And so a business is typically using a static IP address because they have a website right. uh, that needs to be in the same place at all times. It, it's uh, it's consistency, that, right? Is that what we're, really what we're talking about? You're being consistent with your address. Correct. Yeah, it's, it's unchanging. Okay. Um, so to answer the question, you do not require a static IP at this time. Uh, we do, um, you know, can kind of get into some of how the, the networking works, but it, it can get a bit technical quickly. Uh, we will allow in the future for um, some kind of trickery that kind of pretends to be a static IP address right. for those business needs. Um, again, this would be if you were running out of your home. Uh, if you're running out of a small office, uh, there's a good chance that you already have a static IP, and then you could utilize that as well. So it just depends on your situation. So in other words, and again, I don't want to be too technical either because I don't want to get over people's heads, but you have the ability to you know, in a way, mask what a static IP address would look like so that as they're going in and out, it, it, you know, basically stays the same. And I know there's software that can make that happen. I'm assuming that's the other area you can help in, right? Correct. Yeah. And so part of what we want to do, again, is to make these complex tools accessible. So for example, networking is one of the most complicated things uh, that I deal with on a daily basis. And what we want to do is make it to where it's a little bit more point and click. Okay. go here, get this number, plug it in here, okay. and you're done. And okay. So that's what we're 
uh, what we're aiming for. Well, that, and thank you. That was going to be my next question because not everybody's got – I mean, I come from the days, and I, like I told you when we talked this past week, I came from the days where as a small business owner, you didn't have a choice but to learn – even how to set up your own network, and if there was a particular computer that wasn't you know, talking correctly, why wasn't it? What was going on? What wasn't logged in correctly? Did it not have the right you know, LAN address? All these different things that you had to learn back in the day to make sure that everything would communicate with one another, printers, all those sorts of things. Well, if you didn't, you know, if you didn't have that experience, David, and there was an IT guy always running around, well, you really don't understand anything about what I just talked about a moment ago. And by the way, most don't, nor do we expect them to. That's where you come into play, right? Yeah, absolutely. So the way that I like to explain it is if, uh, if someone handed you a smartphone, you'd never used a smartphone before in your life, you could probably, with no instruction, sort of figure out the basics in you know a couple hours. You could okay. be using the thing you could have it doing what you wanted it to do to some extent. Uh, same with a laptop, and the same with a personal server is what we're aiming for. All right. So you're trying to really make this ease of use while also keeping the data of your, you know, your customer all intact with them. Correct. Okay. I'll make sure that, that I'm explaining this to everybody listening correctly. It's start with a T, start 9 Dot com, not star, but start9.com. And, and before I move on, wh- where did the name come from? You know, is, there, is there something behind the name, David? Uh, it is a, a little bit of a story, but the gist of it is, is there was a, a game that people were playing collaboratively online, uh, and the game sort of had this notion that everybody would enter the command that they wanted to, uh, they wanted to happen in the game, uh, and then democratically, which, you know, can turn into mob rule pretty quickly, right. that and would be executed. So if that turned into uh, sort of a cabal of people who were running the game because they had the most votes, uh, people would enter the command start nine, which would open the start menu, essentially halting the game uh. Uh, nine times, which was the maximum. Uh, and that would reset the game uh, into more of a kind of a libertarian free-for-all, I see. Uh, which was less efficient, but more fair. And I so see. Kind of call back to uh, bringing the power back to the people. Okay. No, it makes sense. I figured there was a little bit of a story behind that. So now those of you listening know that. One thing we haven't talked about, David, and I know this will vary, so I'm not holding you to anything. I'm, nobody, nobody else is going to do this either because each situation is going to be unique. But I mean, are we talking, somebody goes out, they want their own personal server. You guys are going to show them how to make all this happen. Are we talking hundreds or thousands of dollars to have this happen? So we, again, the software that we produce, the operating system itself, is completely free. So what that means is if you have, uh, say, an old desktop computer laying around your house, you could actually install this for free today onto that machine uh, and get up and running. Okay. Now, of course, there may be some, uh, some hiccups there because there's, you know, we offer support for the hardware we sell. But generally speaking, a lot of computers uh, it should run on. Uh, now, as far as... Um, and, and really quick, as we, we talk old computers, can it be Microsoft, Apple? Does it matter? Is there any difference? Does it have to be a certain age? What, you know, what's the scoop there? So, you know, if it's within the last, say, 15 years, I would say, okay. uh, Mac or, or Windows uh, machines, you're going to wipe the whole thing. So keep in mind that anything you got on there is going to get uh, destroyed. So okay. be aware of that ahead of time. Uh, but we do have people running them on old Mac computers, on old uh, Windows computers, um, back you know well into the last decade. So, uh, and we've got a big list of uh, we've got a, a, a forum with 
people that are listing all the machines that they're running them on that we don't uh, provide support for. So the community okay. around this is really rich as well. Okay. Dumb question, selfish question on my part, because as a business, we run a lot of Mac minis for our guys. And in turn, when we go to change those over, we end up with, you know, stacks of those because we don't do anything with them. So, you know, at home, I probably have, I don't know, four or five of those things kicking around and they're probably within the last five years of age. I'm assuming that's kind of what you're talking about and what could be used. And then the question I've got is if you're looking for more space speed, can those things be, you know, daisy chain stacked? Are they each standalone? How does that work? Yeah, so those would be perfect machines for you to get up and running with, um, even if you just wanted to play with this and see if it was if it was for you. That would be a perfect machine. Okay. Uh, as far as, uh, you know, again, we were speaking earlier about distributing that compute. That's not something that we uh, have achieved yet, but that's what we're, we're leading towards here in the next couple of years. Um, it's hard to say how long it will take to do that, but uh, we, are, we are aiming for that. Okay, good to know. Again, th- this is just... A, it's just fascinating. Is you know, kind of a geek a little bit on some of this stuff, and and a little bit familiar with this. So you know, all these years, because again, as a small business owner, you know, David didn't have any choice. I mean, these are things that I just looked at on a cost analysis. And and again, when you're scraping by and you're barely paying the bills, you can't afford to hire a you know expensive IT guy to come by periodically. So you become that guy. So through through osmosis, I guess in a way, some of this I've had to learn without any choice, just because. It is what it is. Now, when you guys, when I heard about you guys, I look at all this thinking, holy cow, you guys are taking the, really, you're taking the stress, I guess maybe the best way to say this, because I know how that gets. A lot of people start fumbling around some of this stuff, and it doesn't go quite well. I mean, even people with their smartphones, if it's not going really well, the stress starts to roll in, and they want to just pitch the thing out the window. You're really taking all that stress out of this, right? Yeah, and you know it's not to say that you're not going to have any hiccups. No, I get I'm it. Sure, I get it. to find your laptop, we'll have a story uh, about some kind of a, a hectic problem. But uh, but again, we're there. The community's there. Uh, we got each other's backs on this. So what you're really trying to do is make sure that people own their own data. At the end of the day, you're going to keep growing this thing to the point where it's not going to be just homeowners, but even the small business sector as well. And just keep growing and growing, and not that you know, not that you guys have. Well, maybe you do have grand plans of supplanting a Google or what have you. But I mean, again, those guys are like the behemoths. But what you're trying to do is really just take a bite out of them, you know, just a little bite at a time, and take that out of them, right? Absolutely. And we actually, so we do kind of aspire to be a you know a, a big provider of this kind of. Uh, technology, but when we're building this, we build into the fabric of the technology the, um, the this notion that we cannot be a central point of failure. So what do I mean by that? Uh, uh, when you get software, for example, yep. you're downloading that software from us. However, anyone that's familiar with the Linux world will be aware that you can get software from wherever you want. Uh, or, for example, if you have an Android phone, right. you may be familiar with sideloading or adding a new app store. You can't do this with Apple devices, but uh, we build that right in such that it is a first-class citizen to add third-party repositories or registries where you can get your software so that you don't have to get it from us, such that if Start9 becomes evil or we all get arrested one day or what have you, uh, the project can continue on with the community. Got it. So you really have some redundancy, if you would, in the way you're doing that so that, again, people aren't going to be left out in the cold, right? Exactly. And again, on your website, you're talking about how, you know, you can be your own PayPal, iMessage, Kickstarter, Medium, Dropbox, 1Password, WhatsApp. I mean, you just go down the list of all the different things people are using. You become that yourself after we're done with you, right? 
Uh, you being you, the user, not us. Starting That's out. what I mean. Yeah, you the yeah. Sorry, I should have said me. I become that, not all of them, right? Exactly. The idea here is that you own not only do you own the data that you're producing and storing, you actually own that software. So all the software that's available is available under an open source license, and so it doesn't come with all those uh, licensure and strings attached, like with your Mac and your Windows stuff. Gotcha. Okay. How? Let me let me see if I can phrase this correctly. Let's say there's people out there listening, which there is, and they're either Mac, Android, uh, you know, Windows, whatever type users. And typically, it's either Android, Apple, Windows. You, you know, you, those are probably the three biggest platforms, or that are you know, in the Mac being one. You know, I'm, t- I'm talking universal. Whether you're on an iPhone or a Mac or whatever, you're kind of universal. But you basically have about three different users. Is it is it a situation where once somebody starts down the path with you, they've got to then go in and change all of those devices? Or if they're comfortable using those things for whatever reason, they can keep doing that? Uh, they can keep using those. So the beauty is here, and, and they're actually already using Linux on the back end because the entire Internet essentially runs on Linux. That's right. Linux you got servers. that right. Yep. And so we're the same thing, uh, except you have the ability to own it in this case. So we have guides and videos for... Uh, for Mac, for Windows, for Android, for, for Linux users that, that are on Linux desktop. Uh, so all of those integrations are available. Okay. Makes, makes total sense. So I want to make sure people that are, you know, all of you listening, I'm clear on this, all of our people, that you, you don't necessarily have to change, make sure I say this right, David, you're not having to change your lifestyle or the way you use your devices. What you're going to do at the end of the day is hopefully might even make that a little bit more seamless, given the fact that you're going to now control you know, control that versus someone else. What, I guess, David, what's the, what's the con? If somebody goes this direction, is, is there any? What's the cons? Yeah, so it's going to be... The, the learning curve. There's a slight learning curve, even if you're, you know, technically capable. It's a little bit different way of thinking about things. But again, we're building towards the exact same experience that you get currently with these big tech companies and their cloud services, except in a way that you own it. Okay. Um, there are some little uh, tricks that we've got to do because of the home internet connection, the IP situation that you were talking about. Right. Right. Um, so it's slightly different. Uh, you need to. Um, Create trust, for example. But again, we have guides for all these. We're available in support to uh, make sure that you're able to get up and running. Uh, so it's it's very approachable. One of the things, too, by the way, that you, that you have, and I don't know if this is something that works into your computing devices and software, or if you know if it's something that you're recommending, providing whatever. You've got one of the best calendaring things, I guess I should say, or or, or systems. Maybe that's the best way to say it. I've ever seen. I mean, for you and I to sit down and schedule something where you and I could talk, what a piece of cake that is. Yeah, so this is something that's uh, currently we're, we're testing internally, and that's going to be released here this year. Uh, the notion here is um, some folks will be familiar with a calendar system where someone will send you a calendar. It will show you their availability, so you can schedule uh, the hour of the day of the week. Uh, and it will automatically set up a video conference, so similar to something like Zoom, and then email them the link. And so this is the same exact experience that we're producing run from a device that you own, yeah. no third party. So Zoom's not sucking your information up, training right. their AI models, right. selling it to other companies and governments. Uh, it's it's strictly owned by you, and the conversation is strictly between you and the person that you 
um, are sharing that conversation with. Well, I'll tell you, it, it. You know, I didn't even tell you that the other day when we were talking on the phone. Slick. It's something that I want to <laughs> want to mess with on down the road for myself. Uh, I am I am one of those individuals, and maybe well, I am weird. Charlie already knows that. My wife says that as well. I I actually hate calendar invites, uh, David, and, and partly because I'm kind of. Uh, an anal individual, so I like my own calendar to look a certain way. And when somebody sends an invite, it might not even be formatted the way that I actually want to put it into my own calendar. But you either have to either you know say a maybe or reject it, and then you're like, well, why'd you reject this? We're still going to meet, right? And you get into all this back and forth. But I hate the whole calendar invitation thing the way it's done currently with either Microsoft or Apple anyway. So I, I'm all for whatever you can do to change that because I hate the current system that, that's out there right now. Yeah, I'm right with you. I get pretty grumpy about getting invites. To oh, I hate Zoom it. Things of that nature, so I totally understand. And, and, and again, it's not because I don't want the meeting and I don't want to be invited. But first of all, it's almost like, okay, I've already got that set on my end. I don't really need an invite on top of it. And then, no offense, the way you're sending the invite is just clogging up my, you know, it's just messing up my clean calendar that I keep a certain way because I like it that way. All your invite did was just screw things up on my end. And I know that sounds really weird and blunt, but that's just how I do it, David. Yeah, and I, I think I'm the same way. And when we're using these, uh, another thing about the, open source world. This is a whole culture for, for folks that aren't familiar. This is this notion that we, uh, as, as a species, we ought to have protocols, meaning ways of doing things, that are standardized such that we can all link amongst each other using kind of whatever tool we want, but in the same way. And so speaking the same language on a technological side. Okay. And so that makes things a lot more smooth. It allows the uh, user on both ends to use whatever they want to have the freedom to change that however they want, and yet to still be able to talk in that same language. Makes sense to me. Okay, bringing this back to the whole you know, preparedness end of things. And Ready Radio, for those of you listening, maybe for the first time, this is a program that I do weekly from 2 to 3. Yes, it's outside of a lot of the other programs that I do here during the week and on the weekends. And this show, really, David, I came up with, it was actually Charlie's brainchild, my engineer, to really help people with those you know, what-ifs of life, whether it be a whole end-of-the-world scenario or... You know, you got a flat tire on the side of the road to we've got a big blizzard coming to tornadoes to we've got folks listening around the country. It could be a hurricane, could be whatever. You know, what do you do when these particular situations come up? So, you know, bringing your product back into that, you know, where does the advantage come in using your product versus what is out there now in some of those types of scenarios? Yeah, so let's imagine uh, the first and most immediate and obvious is let's say that you lose an internet connection for some reason. So uh, this actually happens all the time. So say a, a, a digger uh, cuts yep. a fiber optic line in the neighborhood, and suddenly the whole block doesn't have internet. <clears throat> well, at the minimum, anything that you store on your server is still available to you because it's in your home, it's mm. in your office. Mm. So you can access that. Okay. Uh, if you take that a step further, if you were to uh, power that with uh, some energy that you generate yourself, like a solar panel, and these are very low-power devices, by the way, they take up about the same as a, a router, um, so on the order of 5 to 30 watts. Uh, if you're providing your own power, then even with the grid down, you could access things like if you had a library of maintenance manuals or if you mm. had a library mm. of how-to videos, then you would have access to all that data. Ah, you know, that's, thank you. I wanted you to go that direction. I knew you would, and that's perfect, because for folks that are out there listening, thinking, okay, well, oh, you know, I don't have that many, well, which we all do, but photos, you don't have that many photos, that's not that big of a deal. Okay, emails, if I can access them or not, big deal, who cares? 
when it comes to this, though, this is a you know what you just said. That's a much bigger deal for people because, to your point, if some you know end of the world type event comes, and even there's ways to even harden what we're talking about on an EMP end of things, you'd still have access to a lot of things that you may very well need after that. Like, for example, how do you make some homemade medication? What kind of plants are edible or not? I mean, we can go down the list. We could talk the next you know several shows in a row on the different things you could store that way, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I've gotten into this habit and it's, you know, it can almost be a, an addictive problem, uh, known, on, known colloquially as uh, data hoarding, which yep. is this notion every time you see something and you're like, you know what, that, uh, uh, you know, that would be good to have in a, in a bad situation. Yep. I'm just going to have a copy of that and go ahead and download it because it's, it's trivial, the amount of electricity and data to, uh, to get that. Uh, and then furthermore, even maybe more prevalent is that not that the the, the grid might go down or the internet might go down, but that that particular piece of information might go away. Scrubbed from the internet. That's right. Might just vanish. Exactly. And so, for the more of us that have a copy of things that we consider important, and that's going to be different for everybody. Right. So collectively, we can have you know the wealth of information that we're creating mm. uh, amongst ourselves and and storing that in a redundant way uh, that it's available for generations. Another question I should have asked earlier, I'm sure people are thinking of this, when it comes to the amount of storage they need, I know it'll vary from family to family, but is there an average of what a family would look at? So if they're going to build one of these or they have one kicking around, do they need half a terabyte, terabyte, several terabytes? You know, what do they need to, to handle all of this? Yeah, so we currently sell devices in two and four terabyte uh, models. Uh, at some point, we will probably increase that. Uh, to allow for an 8-terabyte model as well. And then we'll also, uh, we have lots of folks in the DIY community that they've built, you know, you know tons of terabytes into their uh, devices because they have special needs. But uh, generally, 2 terabytes is quite a bit of data. Okay. Um, now, you can look at your computer hard drive uh, and get an idea, well, this is how much I've used here, and this is what I store here. Right. Or you can look at something like your iCloud account and see how much you're storing there to get kind of an idea of how much data you use. And then, of course, this goes back to us talking earlier as you guys move down the road and start having the ability to piggyback some things on top of one another. Well, then you can just keep adding and adding and adding, correct? Yeah, absolutely. These are, uh, another nice thing is they are upgradable. So okay. uh, you can add um, down the road, depending on the device you get, you can add a little bit more uh, memory. You can add a little bit more storage, uh, just depending on what it is. And again, if you're building your own, the sky's the limit. For some of the folks that maybe were familiar back in the day of the you know NAS servers, the NAS servers, and so on, this is a this is another whole level above that, right? Yeah. So the some of the NAS companies like Synology is a huge one. They're kind of recognizing. Um, they probably don't know who we are. We're still fairly small, but they're recognizing what's happening uh, and what people are. You know what this what this uh, direction we're headed with. This they're actually kind of stapling on the ability to do the things that we do into their system. Uh, so they're one of those companies in this industry that's kind of moving in that direction. Okay. Uh, now, it's a little bit hacked together, in our opinion. Uh, we, we came at it, you know, for, you know, as a first principle, and so we believe we do it a little bit better. But you're going to see a lot of companies like the NAS companies uh, yep. start to implement this kind of stuff. I kind of figured that would happen. Some of them have been kind of doing that quasi I guess you could say. No, it's not a real world, but they've kind of been in a quasi way doing some of this, just not to the extent you're doing it at, right? Correct, yeah. And also, we think we're unique in that we come at this uh, from principles of freedom. So from this notion mm -hmm. that you should have 
the first decision on what happens with your data and that a third party should never be in control or have access to that or be able to collect metadata about that, whereas a lot of these other companies uh, didn't start that way, right. um, even if you're aiming that direction. Uh, and so we think we have an advantage there as well. Very cool. David, it's been a joy. I've really enjoyed talking to you. It was a joy meeting you. We'll keep doing things together, I guarantee you, because we very much speak the same language, and I think we can get you some business as well. So all of you listening, it's start9.com, start9.com. We'll put that up on our on our links of our website as well. David, if they need to call somebody, what's the phone number? What's the best way to do that? Uh, so we don't have a phone system. We're kind of digitally native. However, if you want to send us an email, uh, if you go to if you want to email support at start nine, okay. uh, it's T A R T the number nine dot com. Uh, it'll there's a good chance it'll be me, uh, but we will set up a video call with you uh, and be happy to answer any questions. Okay, and, perfect. Uh, right. I'll put that in my notes as well for all of you listening. So if you need to email them, you can do that as well. David, we'll have you back again. This has been great. I've enjoyed it. I've learned a lot, not only from the other day when we chatted, but today as well. Love your product. Love what you're doing. And we definitely will keep chatting. Yeah, thanks so much. I really do appreciate it. You're awesome. David, thank you very much. Have a great rest of your day and weekend. And again, for you, those of you listening or listening even to a replay of this, it's start9.com. And of course, David is who I was talking to, David Croissant. And yeah, just like you would think of the bread, the croissant, that's exactly how you spell his last name, and I've enjoyed talking to him greatly. We'll be right back. This is Ready Radio, KLZ 560. With hail season behind us now and snow season fast approaching, we here at Roof Savers Colorado want to help ensure that your roof can brave whatever elements this season ushers in. With over 20-plus years of roofing experience, we pride ourselves in helping homeowners evaluate the best option for their situation. If you're looking to get more life out of your current roof, we offer a 100% plant-based rejuvenation treatment that gives new roof performance without all the new roof costs. However, in the event a replacement is necessary, we will also work with any insurance company to get a damaged roof the replacement it needs. Do not let your home fall victim to the ever-changing Colorado climate. Be proactive and set up your free inspection to receive an honest evaluation of the condition of your roof. Call today at 303-710-6916. That's 303-710-6916. Or go to RoofSaversCO.com to keep your roof ready for wherever Colorado throws its way. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. Did you know that chip can be fixed? But who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972, and it still leads the industry in cutting-edge technology, backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company. While other glass repair services offer limited warranties, or worse, none at all, you can trust the original Novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield. Find a Novus location near you by going to any of our websites, ready-radio.com, drive-radio.com, or fixitradio.com. Just click on the Novus link. That's Novus Autoglass. Are you tired of being cooped up inside during the long, cold Colorado winter? Bring a touch of warmth and greenery to your backyard with a custom greenhouse from Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Our team of experts specializes in designing and building greenhouses that will enhance any outdoor space. Our greenhouses are made with the highest quality materials and are built to withstand the harsh Colorado winters. 
Plus, with a variety of styles and sizes to choose from, we can create the perfect greenhouse to fit your needs and budget. Imagine growing your own fresh herbs and vegetables, even during the winter, or creating a beautiful garden oasis in the comfort of your own home. Don't let the cold weather stop you from enjoying the benefits of gardening. Call Colorado Greenhouse Builders today and start planning your dream greenhouse. Colorado Greenhouse Builders. Call 720-539-9806 or find them at ready-radio.com. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses? Well, look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, Yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. We welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Are you looking for a health care provider who truly cares about you and your well-being? Look no further than Castle Rock Cryo, IV and Integrative Healthcare, where Dr. Scott Faulkner is ready to provide you with top-notch care. Colorado raised since 1968, Dr. Scott is a board-certified internal medicine specialist, bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. At Castle Rock Cryo, IV, and Integrative Healthcare, you'll experience a competent, friendly, and efficient staff that puts your comfort and care first. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he only uses umbilical-derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven to be the most potent stem cells available. Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today. All right, that's it. Ready Radio, KLZ 560. Again, thank you all for listening today. I appreciate it very much. I appreciate David from Start9.com enjoying, you know, coming on and enjoyed conversation with him today very much. And if you need anything when it comes to that personal computing server need, please give them a call today. Otherwise, that's it. Ready Radio, ready-radio.com. Views and opinions expressed on KLZ 560 are those of the speaker, commentators, hosts, their guests, and callers. They are not necessarily the views and opinions of Crawford Broadcasting or KLZ Management, employees, associates, or advertisers. KLZ 560 is a Crawford Broadcasting God and Country station.